Support for this broadcast is brought to you by Lash and Brow Design Company, Indianapolis's premier microblading and lash extension studio. Visit lashandbrowdesignco.com to schedule an appointment today. I was working in corporate at the time, and I was tired of just sitting behind a cubicle for 12 hours a day and thinking to myself, I'm not going to be happy doing this for the rest of my life. Honestly, I just did whatever it took to get started. You know, after eight years of being in the business, I finally was able to expand. From the Lash and Brow Design Co. Studios, it's Waiting for Beauty a show about the permanent makeup industry leaders, innovators, dreamers, and artists who have made this what it is today and where PMU is going tomorrow. I'm Kate Shaughnessy. And on today's show, Leanne Voss tells us how she co-founded Fusion Artistry, how she scaled her business from just one artist to a globally recognized brand and insights for new artists. Leanne, along with her three sisters, has built a brand in Huntington Beach, California that is recognizable throughout the United States and beyond. But when she started her business nine years ago, things didn't look so promising. Today on Blading for Beauty, we sit down with the co-founder of Fusion Artistry to take a deeper look at what has made her successful, the attributes she sees as most important in an artist, and even some technical talk about permanent makeup removal. All this and more on this episode of Blading for Beauty. Super excited you're joining us today on Blading for Beauty. And for those who don't know who you are, I thought I'd just give you a chance to introduce yourself and tell everybody who you are and where you're located. Yes. Hi, Kate. Thank you so much for having me. Um, my name is Lee Ann Law. I'm the co-owner of Fusion Artistry along with my sister, Kim. I've been in the industry for about seven years now, um, and I started in the beauty industry about 10 years now. Um, I'm located in Huntington Beach, California, and I am known for my ombre powder brow techniques. Yes, absolutely beautiful. So what is your Instagram? My Instagram is Fusion Artistry, and it's Fusion with a Z. That was awesome. So what made you just kind of get into our industry? Well, I was a makeup artist uh, for a long time doing a lot of uh, weddings, and then I got into skincare as well. Um, and as I'm working on clients, one of the things I notice are people with sparse brows um, or, you know, people who over-tweeze brows back in the days. Um, I also notice a lot of people with really bad permanent makeup from back in the days where a lot of it turned, you know, some funky colors 
because it was not done properly. So blue brows, red brows, I've seen it all. Um, and that's when I really felt inspired to look into the industry more and see if I could figure out, you know, a better way of doing permanent makeup. So I started my first class, and that was the start of my journey. And it's been amazing ever since. That's so amazing, and I have seen your work. It's absolutely incredible and beautiful. What do you think has contributed to your ability to maintain your edge in an ever-changing permanent makeup environment? I think as an artist, uh, we're constantly evolving, and one of the most important things for me is to constantly get education. Um, I feel like, you know, education is key. I started learning uh, one technique, and once I felt comfortable with that technique, I learned another technique. Um, I spend so much time because I, I feel like I'm a little bit obsessed. So <laughs> I, I spend so much time just researching and finding better methods, um, testing different pigments, machines. So I think it's a continuous um you know, learning experience for me. I love to, you know, I get inspired by so many other artists' work. I think there's so many talented artists out there. Um, and I think just really staying focused and being passionate about what you do, because when you're passionate about something, I feel like you give it your all and you're constantly trying to be better. So it's kind of like competing with myself every day and trying to be better than I was yesterday. Um, and I think because I love this industry and I love what I do so much that um, I feel like, you know, I, I want to progress and get better. I do have my own line of pigment um, as well as machines. So I've been using it for a very long time and I tend to stick with what I know best. Um, however, yeah. I do feel like you know, every artist has their own pigment line or machine that they love and whatever it is that works for them. I think everybody's a little different. I've got these tiny little hands and I had to find a machine that worked well for me. Um, it's nice and light, easy for me to work with. Um, and so I always say, you know, it's sometimes it's not always just the tool. It's right. the person behind the tool. So, mm -hmm. um, you know, although I love what I use, I know there's so many amazing tools and pigment lines out there right now. So do you have different needles within your own line? Yes, I do have different needles. I tend to love the single needle. I use a point mm -hmm. uh, four single needle for all the powder brows that you see on my Instagram. I'm like a okay. single needle girl. <laughs> I know it doesn't work for everybody because uh, sometimes the procedure takes a while, but um, because I'm so used to working with it, I don't find the time being an issue. Do those needles, can they cross over onto like maybe a Cheyenne Hawk or, you know, the Zion machines? Can like they integrate with other machines or is it just specifically for yours? They're specific for mine, okay. so they won't work with um, some of those machines you listed, no. How would you say you got your name out in the beginning? I was not a huge social media person in the beginning when I first started out. I actually was so against it for a while. I was like, everybody's telling me to get on social media, and I'm like, ugh, I'm too busy. I've got so much to do. So honestly, at first, it was all referrals, word of mouth. 
Um, they always say referrals are, you know, the best way to get your name out there. Um, and I totally agree with that. I mean, we have social media now, so of course I always say take advantage of that. Um, but it was mostly word of mouth. And then finally I was like, okay, I'm going to get on there. I want to grow my business even more. Um, and that's when I started to promote my work on Instagram and Facebook. Um, mm. And I have to say it's really what exploded my business. So what sure. do you think, since you've been in, you said for seven years now, right? Yes. So what do you think has been a big catalyst for change in the industry since you started I would say that there's so many different new techniques that are out there right now. There's so many artists just evolving and uh, using better tools, better pigments. And I feel like it's really changed the industry quite a bit. And it's such a positive thing because we can all learn from each other. Um, there's so many great tools out there, so many great forums out there that we can all kind of feed off each other and mm -hmm. another way to learn from each other. So I think that's really what is advancing our industry and really making a positive change. What is a typical day look like for you? A typical day. I usually will start off my day with a workout if I get up early enough. <laughs> so that's the goal. Um, and then I, you know, go straight to work. And I like to get my clients, um, usually I do back-to-back -back appointments. If I'm lucky, I get a lunch. I think that's one of the uh, terrible things that I'm trying to change so that I can get a lunch in there. Uh, but I do usually schedule my clients, um, I would say, from about 10 o'clock, and my day goes to about sometimes 5, sometimes 6 o'clock, and I'm with clients throughout the entire day. Usually on a typical day, I would say I do about 5 to 7 clients a day. Okay. And I used to work a lot more um, at the start of you know, when I got into the business, but I find that um, really giving yourself a little bit more balance and, you know, not overworking um, mm -hmm. is a good idea because after a while, it really takes a toll on, on your body um, as well as, you know, you, you need a life. You need to go out there and, and still enjoy life and spend time with your loved ones. So I think balance is really important to be now. Um, mm -hmm. So I try to end my days a little bit you know, earlier. So do you have a family or fur puppies? I have two fur puppies. Mm -hmm. um, and I am, I have a boyfriend who actually works with me as well. Um, and But I don't have kids yet. Um, but my little fur babies are, are everything to me. Oh, yeah. They're so fun. <laughs> <laughs> they are. They're so super sweet. What does your boyfriend think of this whole industry and what you do? And he said he works with you. So what does he do? He handles all the back end of my business. Um, he was actually in a whole different industry uh, prior to, you know, changing into the beauty industry. It was such a big change for him. He went from managing restaurants for 21 years to getting into permanent makeup, <laughs> which mm -hmm. is like a whole what other sort of thing? <laughs> yeah, so um, I just got so busy with 
work that I felt like I needed extra help, and he has tons of management experience, um, and he's, you know, always amazing at learning new things. So he started with me um, about a couple years ago, and he's been handling, like, all the back-end work, emails, website, you know, a little bit of getting into um, more videography and marketing. So he's been such a blessing and so much help uh, for the business. So I'm super grateful to have him. I have I mean, to I say he does probably more than me. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a little bit different, right? I tell people I think it's so important that we find people who do what they do really well. Yeah. So it allows us as artists to do what we do really well, right? So that's not Absolutely. your gift. And Absolutely. some people, they do great with numbers, right? Um, so yes. That's just important that we let people do their, what's in their you know, wheelhouse, and we do what we do well. I agree. It's so important because he allows me, as well as my team, but they really do allow me to just focus on my craft, focus on what mm-hmm. I'm good at, um, and allow me to, to really just be an artist and uh, all the other things are taken care of, and I couldn't do it without them. So, Mm -hmm. truly, truly grateful. Hey friends, if you liked today's episode, I hope you will subscribe to Bleeding for Beauty and share this episode with all your friends. You would be my favorite person ever if you would screenshot this and post it and hashtag Bleeding for Beauty. What do you think has been one of your biggest accomplishments so far in your career? Well, I would say that having the opportunity to be a trainer, I -hmm. think, is such, it's so life-changing for me. I feel like I'm able to share what I do. I've been given such, um, you know, a huge blessing to be able to do what I do, and because I love it so much and I know the industry is in demand of great training um, and I'd love to share with share what I do so I think that's been so huge for me um, to have the opportunity to meet other artists and to be able to share the technique with them so that they too can have the opportunity to you know create beautiful brows for all mm-hmm. their clients as well um, so I I love it, and uh, it's it's definitely been um, huge for me to be able to do that. So I know you're an inspiration to so many people. Who inspires you? Wow. There's so many artists out there that I look up to. From some of my previous trainers, I love Daria. Um, she's amazing. Uh, mm-hmm. Tina Davies is amazing. She's been doing some uh, wonderful things with the pigments and changing the industry. Um, gosh, so many. I have uh, a few inspirations. Back in my country, uh, I just hosted a class for home when uh, I would say she's one of the most amazing microblading artists out there, and I absolutely admire her work ethic um, as well as her beautiful art. She said, your country, where are you from? I'm from Vietnam. I was born in Vietnam and uh, came to the U.S. when I was about five years old. I grew up in Orange County and have been here 
ever since. I don't know if I'm going to ever leave because the weather is so amazing here. <laughs> but I yes. would say the next place would be Hawaii. I, I, I think I, I could live there as well. But um, I do love being in Orange County. What is one of the hardest cases you think you've worked on so far? Correction work is one of those things that a lot of people are like, no, I don't want to touch it after someone else messed, messed it up, you know. Um, but what I find and what I love getting out of with correction work is just being able to help so many people who have been so insecure about their brows. Um, I see a lot of people whose brows have turned really weird colors after years of having permanent makeup, um, you know, tons of, like, red brows, blue brows. Mm. I think I think that's one of the hardest things is, as an artist, you want to be able to help as many people as you can. Um, mm. So for me, turning away all those people with, is, like, heartbreaking for me. Mm. So I've invested a lot of time into learning how to do correction work, um, and have had amazing success with it. And so I do a lot of correction work. Um, you probably don't see too much of it posted on my Instagram just because um, I want to promote, you know, beautiful work um, as far as new work. Um, as far as correction work, I do what I can to help anybody that comes to the door as long as I can make it look better than how they came in. Um, mm-hmm. So as long as I can put a smile on my client's mm-hmm. face and give them brows that are better than what they came in with, that is my mission and that's what I want to do. Um, so I would say that's one of the most challenging challenging things um, about what I do. Uh, but again, I, I still am passionate about helping those clients as well. For beginners who are listening to this and they're wanting to take on correction work, is there a certain point they'll just say, okay, I, I can't do that, and maybe they do need removal, or do you just kind of have like a, you know what you're looking at, and this is what I can take on, and this is what I can't? Right. I would. I always advise my students who are beginners to not take on correction work for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, I always tell them that, you know, focus on just new brows, something that, you know, the technique, everything is new to you. You want to make sure that you are doing a consistently amazing job on, you know, just even new clients before you take on other challenging things such as removal or um, mm-hmm. correction work. Um, I find that once they've been in this in the industry for a while, they've taken on a good amount of clients. And when I say good amount, I would say at least, I don't know, maybe like 100, 200 clients at least mm-hmm. uh, before they start challenging themselves with another, um, with correction or with removal. And I would always suggest to take a class with someone who has been doing it for a long time. Um, you know, I've seen some terrible removal jobs out mm-hmm. there um, from people who are not trained. And again, with anything you do, put your clients first. Think of your clients first. And if you mm-hmm. do that, you should know that you need proper training. Um, you need to make sure when you are training that you're able to work on a model uh, with the instructor there assisting you. So that way, 
you're comfortable doing that before you even work on a client on your own. Um, and I wouldn't attempt um, any correction or removal unless I've been I'm well experienced and have been trained um, on both of those techniques. So yeah. super important. I wouldn't just attempt something that I'm not really sure of, or you know, I I would definitely um, you have to really understand the skin, and you have to be able to work on enough different types of skin to know mm-hmm. um, how it reacts to things. And I think that's so important. I think when people start in the industry, they just don't realize that. You know, I know when I started, yeah. I didn't realize, hey, not everybody is going to be a great candidate for microblading. And so this was, you right. know, a few years ago, and it was one of those things where then it's like, no, you're just, you know, powder brows is going to be better for you. And that's really hard, though, and that's something that, listen, you need to want what's best for the client, not what's right. best for your pocketbook. And I think exactly. that's really – that's hard sometimes as an artist or – I think for people to realize, like, okay, I need, but in the long run, it's going to be so much better for them because that's your name and that's integrity. I totally agree. Yep. And if you can't make it better for the client, Mm -hmm. you need to just let them know. You need to just be honest with them. Um, Just like you said, it's not the money. It's not worth it. No matter how much they pay you, it's just not worth it to, you know, make things worse, make the situation worse. So when I see somebody who's like, you know, if their brows are way too saturated, I let them know, like, you know, take a look at some options for removal because it doesn't make sense to keep saturating more color into someone's brows when it's already fully saturated. Right. Yeah, and a lot of times when I do correction work, it's for people who have old permanent makeup that's not extremely saturated. Mm-hmm. You know, if it's changed colors but it's still um, lighter, then that's when I attempt it. But when it comes to someone who who has really saturated brows and it's, there's too much pigment in there, then there's nothing I can do and I have to just nicely, you know, turn them away. You know, which is always hard, and I feel like heartbreaking. But like you said, it's the better for the client. And also, I feel like as a person, just going back to that integrity piece, do you have a form of removal that you actually prefer that you like when you are talking to those clients? I do um, saline removal, so that is something that I offer. However, Mm -hmm. I only do removal for people who have, like, just a minor case. I feel like for people who have a lot of, with previous work where there's tons of scar tissue and it's super saturated, um, and I feel like I can't do too much for them, um, I let them know, you know, there's a lot of different forms of removal out there, um, and I recommend that you look into it. And I usually will not refer um, a specific person um, to the client because I don't want to be held liable. Um, so what I like to do is just have the clients, I kind of educate them to do a lot of research, uh, make sure that they're asking for a lot of before and after and healed photos. Um, I even say if you can to get information from maybe a few of their clients so that you can, you know, contact them directly if they're able to give you permission to do that. Um, I mean, whatever it is that you can do to know that you're in a place where they're going to be able to do a good job. Because I've heard some horror stories. I've even seen 
some terrible things that have happened with different re- removal methods when it's in the wrong hands. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just, to me, it's just not worth it because I don't want to make things mm-hmm. worse. So I always say, please, you know, just do your research and I won't um, make the recommendation just, again, just because I don't really have a specific um, place that I 110%, you know, trust. Yeah. yeah. So mm-hmm. I just tell them, please just do your research um, and ask for a lot of, you know, pictures and healed. And and once they do the research and if they're confident in that person, then um, they can proceed with it. But I generally don't do any recommendations. For somebody getting into this industry, I know that there's lots of conversations about training and everything that goes with that, what would you say to a beginner who's listening to this and is trying to figure out who to invest in and spend their money on and go to training? What would be your recommendation out there to them? I would say, again, do tons of research. Ask a lot of questions. I feel like when um, a lot of – when you're new and you don't know the right questions to ask, um, just make sure that – you're able to reach somebody in the company. Um, Because I feel like a lot of my students, what they tell me is um, they get referred to just an online booking and they can never get to the person or representative from the company to get additional information. I think that's so important to for a company that's out there to help people and to train people to be able to answer and address all those students' questions even before they sign up for the training. Um, so, you know, if you have questions, make sure that they the questions are addressed by someone from the company or that you get that information, you know, that you need before you do any bookings. Um, I also mm-hmm. say make sure that if you're a beginner especially, um, that your training includes working on a model. Mm-hmm. I don't feel that a training without allowing you to work on a model for a beginner is going to allow you to to get comfortable because um, there's so many things as a beginner that you won't know. And just watching someone move, you know, do the movement to create the hair stroke pattern or the ombre brows, um, that's not enough. For me, I think your positioning, the way you place your hands and your arms and the way you sit and safety, sanitation, you need all of that information as a beginner. Um, so make sure that the trainer is offering all that in their curriculum. Um, make sure you're asking, are they licensed? Are they insured? I think it's important that you're not training just out of a hotel room that has not been, you know, where they don't have um, the health inspector come out and make sure they're they're uh, following the protocols that are required. Um, mm-hmm. So all those things are so important and making sure that you get support even after training. I think that's another big one. I hear a lot of times that my students are training somewhere, and they can't get a hold of the instructor um, Mm -hmm. for questions. And I think that's, Mm -hmm. to me, that's so important, because when you're new, you only retain a certain amount of information, and you might forget Mm -hmm. something after training. And I think it's the responsibility of the trainer to really um, be able to support their students, whether it's through a Facebook group, whether it's through email or a phone call. 
I think it's important that your trainer um, provides that support for you. Mm-hmm. So just a few things. I mean, those are just a few tips that I think um, just making sure that you're asking as many questions as you can um, to get all the information that you need. And, of course, learn from someone whose technique you absolutely love. And when mm-hmm. you're looking at their work online, mm-hmm. just make sure that you're seeing, um, you know, before and after and healed. And make sure mm-hmm. it's consistent. You know, look at how long they've been in the industry. If it's been like sometimes people are training after a year of being in the industry. And after a year, how do you know what the brows are going to heal like? Mm-hmm. Um, there's so many things that, you know, you need to know as a trainer to be able to tell your students. And I find that when you're too new and you're training, um, you can't tell your students what the brows are going to look like after a year or two or even three. Mm. So make sure you're asking those questions. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, That's really, really good advice for for people. And I know that's just hard because there's so many trainings out there right now. So Yes. I always say um, just because someone's a good artist doesn't mean they're a good trainer. Mm -hmm. And that's another thing. So even if you can find students who have taken the class and you can reach out to those students and ask for some feedback, I think that's important too because I've been to trainings where – the work is beautiful, but as a trainer, they weren't able to translate what they were doing to the students. And I felt like it was really hard to learn that way because all I'm seeing is the movement, but I'm not understanding the theory behind it. You cannot teach the same syllabus to all the same students because every person's going to learn so incredibly different. Yes, absolutely. For a small business owner that wants to scale up to their microblading business or powder brow business or lips or whatever that looks like for them. Mm-hmm. How do you think, how long, I guess would you say, it takes a new artist to get them to the place where they're producing work that's comparable to, like, yours? It's definitely not overnight. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like they have to invest and be dedicated to investing a lot of time into growing as an artist into bettering their work every single day. And I think that's so important because sometimes people make promises like, oh, you're going to be, you know, making this much after you train. And it doesn't work that way. It takes years to get your work to where it's matching up with some of the best artists that are out there. Practice makes progress. So every day, the more practice you put in, um, the better you're going to get. And the more time you spend educating yourself and practicing more, the better you're going to get. And Mm -hmm. I think sometimes it could take years. Some people are quicker than others to get there. But I always say never give up. Um, Just continue to, to go after what it is that you want. If you love it, if you're passionate about it, and if you truly care for your clients and the Um, your work, it will just continue to improve and get better every day. So when you started, did you have, like, capital to start your business or just a rich mom or a trust fund? Or when you started, how did you get started? And then what do you suggest for a new artist does to start their own business? I started off, I was working in corporate at the time, and I was tired of just sitting behind a cubicle for 12 hours a day and thinking to myself, I'm not going to be happy doing this for the rest of my life. And so I basically just took a risk. 
um, didn't have a lot of money to start out. Um, I actually started in a much smaller smaller space. Um, my sister and I, we ended up opening a 1,200-square-foot place where the rent was very affordable. So it was a small little place where we started, and we um, started with a few procedure rooms, and I was working out of one small room. I think it was like maybe a 10 by 10 by 10 or 10 by 12 or something like that. Um, and I just started off there doing one client at a time and started building my business that way, answered, you know, my calls and got back to clients when I wasn't working on clients. I mean, I did whatever it took to start my business. I didn't have enough money to hire a receptionist and hire an assistant. And I was doing my own emails. I was doing my bookings myself. Honestly, I just did whatever it took to get started. I didn't make excuses. I didn't say, you know, I need this and I need that to get started. Um, I think if you truly want to, it's always hard at the beginning to start something. And if you truly want to be successful at it, you just have to, you just have to do, you just have to take action. You do things yourself. And then once you start building some business and getting referrals and, you know, then you can start doing things like hiring. Um, a receptionist or having an assistant, but you have to work towards that. I think sometimes at the beginning, you want everything to be perfect. So you're trying to do all these different things. And then you sit there and you're like, oh, but I don't have any business mm-hmm. after you did all that. Mm-hmm. Um, so for me, it's just starting slow and starting small and working your way up. And you know, after eight years of being in the business, I finally was able to expand. So it wasn't overnight. It was just every day working towards my goal mm-hmm. and and saving and, you know, making sure that I'm I'm just doing the right thing all the time. I think being ethical and being mm. um, honest and making an honest living and, and taking care of your clients, that's what's going to help your business long term. You can't think day by day. You have to think long term. Like where am I going? How am I going to make things better for my client every day? And I think putting your client first and not worrying about like how much money am I going to make today all the time? You know, of course we all need to feed our families and, and bring in money. That's that's a given. But I feel like to do that it'll naturally happen if you right. really put your clients first because they're the ones you need to take care of before that money comes in. People are missing that hustle and the dream and that, what do they say, dreams are free, the hustle is sold separately. It's just one of those things where exactly you have to work really hard to get there, but it's amazing that you put your head down and just worked. And I, I find that, you know, it's not, sometimes I see overnight successes just, happen overnight, but then it goes away overnight, too. So to me, it's like I'd rather not be that person. I'd rather get there just with hard work and with dedication and doing things right, because if Mm -hmm. you do that, your business will go long term. It's not all about just like the overnight success sometimes. Every day should be amazing. Yeah, I agree. And I think it's important to remind ourselves of that. So my last question that I ask all of my guest speakers is if you could spend one entire day anywhere in the world doing anything you want with anyone you want, 
who would you do it with and where would you go? I would say Maui with my amazing love, Chandler. (laughs) (laughs) And we would just be hiking. I would say Mm. I'm just a super simple, simple girl. And I love the simple things in life. And I think one of the most amazing things is just being in nature. And that's mm. what I love. Being in nature with the man of my dreams. Mm. And I think that's all I need. I love it. <laughs> Thank you so much for taking time out of your day. I know all of our listeners are going to love just being able to just hear a little bit about who you are and mm. um, all the amazing things you're doing. And I just so appreciate it. It's been so fun chatting with you, and I hope to have the opportunity to meet you soon. Oh, so thank sure. you for this opportunity. One day, one day we'll get to meet. And, um, <laughs> I, sure. In the meantime, enjoy this and get to hold on to it. So, yes, thank you guys thank you. for listening this week. Check out our speaker for next week. You guys will definitely not want to miss this. And have a great day. <laughs> <laughs>